Day 28. Four weeks in seems an appropriate point to reflect on the experience of being cared for. While I'm very appreciative of being helped, I do not find it easy. I know there are some things I can't do for myself. Putting my shorts on, driving, carrying a drink, going downstairs, to name but a few. But I also want to try to do things. I realise this creates some tension for Elsa, who wants to protect me from myself. The loss of independence frustrates me. This includes the inability to decide when I am going to do something. I try not to become demanding and to be grateful, but I realise I am hard work sometimes, and that too is a difficult reality to cope with. I have a newfound appreciation of those who care for others who are close to them, and have also glimpsed some of the emotional complexity of being cared for. Today I am thankful for friends who understand these dynamics far better than I do and persevere for the long haul. I am grateful for Ailsa's care and patience, and I am thankful for four weeks. The epithet they are my rock, is ascribed to a friend or colleague who is stable, who can always be relied on. Rocks have a permanence about them. They speak of strong foundations and feelings of safety and security. The idea comes from this phrase used in the Bible. But here David is not ascribing this quality to another person. He addresses the Lord directly and says, you are my rock. There is great comfort in knowing that there is one who provides strength, shelter, and stability. To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy, as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbours, but harbour malice in their hearts. Repay them for their deeds and for their evil work. Repay them for what their hands have done, and bring back on them what they deserve because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord and what his hands have done. He will tear them down and never build them up again. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. David calls to the Lord out of this relationship of security and asks that he will be listened to. He asks that the Lord will not ignore him. The language turns from the deaf ear to the spoken word of the Lord. God's speaking will show that he has been listening. 
David is speaking about a rock with whom he has a living relationship. He asks that the Lord will hear his cry for mercy and that he will not be with those who go down to the pit or who are dragged away with the wicked. David does not want to be treated like them because he is not like them. The description of the characteristics of the wicked is quite striking. They do evil. They speak in a polite and friendly way to their neighbours, but have the desire to do harm lurking within them. This spitefulness, ill will and malevolence is born of a disregard for the Lord. They will bring on themselves the consequences of living their way rather than following the Lord. The repetition of ideas underlines this point. Their deeds and evil work and what their hands have done have consequences and they are radically different from the deeds of the Lord and what his hands have done. David has a desire for justice, that they will reap what they have sown and be torn down and not built up. They will get what they deserve. But the problem with a desire for justice is how will we fare facing the judge? David asks not to receive the same judgment. The mercy that David receives comes from the Lord. So he praises God. He is glad that the Lord has heard his cry, that he has received forgiveness and compassion from the Holy God, who has the capacity to judge and punish him. The psalm finishes with a burst of praise born of gratitude. The Lord is his strength and shield. David's heart trusts in God and he receives help. His heart leaps for joy. This is not paying lip service to an idea. This is a heartfelt response. There is a deeper appreciation of what the Lord being his rock really means, not just for David, but for the people. The Lord is the strength of his people and the fortress of salvation for his anointed one. The king is safe with the Lord, but this comfort provides protection for the people. The prayer is that people will enter into this fortress of salvation and experience his blessing. Having been born in the ancient borough of Stirling, I am a son of the rock. The city is overlooked by the mostly 16th century castle, which sits on a rock that dominates the landscape. Later, I moved to Edinburgh, which has a similar historic fortress at the heart of the city. These castles would have provided comfort and protection to the local citizens back in the day. When an attack came, they could enter in and know salvation and protection. But the final line of the psalm is a surprising note to finish on. In a song about a rock and a fortress, 
which speaks of judgment. David could have ended affirming God as judge, king or warrior. But instead, he asks that the Lord will be their shepherd and carry them forever. There's a vineyard song we used to sing at camp, which brings together the strength of the rock with the care of the shepherd. Faithful one, so unchanging. Ageless one, you are my rock of peace. Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you again and again. I call out to you again and again. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. All through the storm, your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. Rock on with the rock who will rock you.